you know, we're dealing with these different idols, uh, and, and I feel like we, we were talking about how the image that we received for this series was perfect, how that, that explains very much how many of us feel right now. <laughs> Push, pulling something and pushing something up a hill. Um, last week we talked about materialism. This week we're talking about legalism, which we all know as, as proud uh, Lutheran Christians that that is something we are not to be engaging with, but we have been set free by the gospel. But the thing about idols is they keep creeping in. <laughs> it's hard to get rid of them. And it's also hard to address and to actually see them for what they are and what they are. Uh, I, I, I was thinking about this earlier this week and thinking about how it is that legalism has possibly shown itself in my life. And the first place I, I thought about it is how I try to justify myself before God is, is generally by my intelligence. Whether it really exists or not is up to you all, I suppose. But one form of that comes in, in, in the amount of books that I have read. Now, this is just a small fraction. To see others, you go down the hallway and find all the boxes back there. But these, these are just some of my political science books that, that turn from a hobby into a degree and I use to uh, not only prove myself in this neighborhood, but oftentimes in this world. I can actually quote you political philosophy and how it fits into our lives all the time. And, and I use this as a very firm foundation for me when I am thinking of how important I actually am. But it's not just, it's not just there that, that I, I have that intelligence. There, there's also my theology books, uh, which are heavier, um, <laughs> both in content and weight. But the thing about my, my theology is it, it is a very strong foundation and actually a very important um, identity as a Missouri Synod Lutheran that I always have my theology nice and proper. And, and I actually, I want our people to be that way so that they can call me out when it's not, right? And right here is, is a lot of student loans represented in just a few boxes. <laughs> but but it, it, it actually shows very well how my, my intellect is and, and, and what I can form. But, but smarts is not the only thing in this world, is it? And all, all of us really try to organize ourselves and, and, and perfect who we are and perfect the way things are in our lives. And I, I've been on this kick recently uh, to where I, I've been trying to do that. I, I want to live a little bit longer. So here's, here's my fitness journal. It's got one page written in it. But, <laughs> you know, this fitness journal represents how I, I also need to have that, that physique. I need to be able to chase kids around and, and not collapse afterwards. <laughs> you know. And then I also, I have, I have my relationships. Uh, a hard part about living far away from home is all the friends and the family that you have that you need to try and keep in touch with. And, and I've tried recently to do that through letters and not social media. I, I deleted some things from my phone to not look at Facebook anymore. Um, so I have, some, I have some envelopes here of uh, either would be or should be or perhaps did send, send some letters to that. Now that, that's just part of my relationships there. And actually I should probably add with that relationship, I'm married. 
you know. That takes up a lot of time. And, and my marriage is actually one of the better things about me. So I'm, I'm going to put that there too because that's, that's something that's really important. In fact, if you asked me who I was, I, I'd probably answer first as a husband. Right? That's, that's who I am. Keep an eye on that. So. <laughs> that go. And then, of course, naturally, I mean, outside of my seminary training, what, a, a defining thing is, is really just, just the, the part of being a Lutheran. So our, our small catechism is there. I mean, that, that is before even being a pastor is, is my identity there. And, and then, then there's actually work. You know, there was a time where you couldn't, couldn't... Oh, somebody had actually called during worship service. There was a time where you couldn't get a hold of people, you know, and, and you could disappear, but not anymore. I can, I can receive texts and calls... From anybody at any time, I can check the emails that you send me uh, Saturdays, Sundays, all the days of the week. Now, all this here uh, adds up to something, and I, I feel like I should put um, on there as well uh, my coffee time, because I spend a lot of time at coffee shops trying to meet people and talk to them. Now, all of this here is a very good description of who I am. But even more so, it is everything that I use to justify myself before you and before the world. And if, if I was to have a podium to stand on, to raise myself up in your eyes, it would be all of these things. And the danger is not only that I do that with you. But I do that with God as well. Now you're, you may not have as many books. You may have more. It may not be your intelligence that you, you find is your most important thing. Maybe it's your convictions. Maybe it's your politics. Maybe, maybe it's your ways of having raised you up in this world. Maybe it is your theology. You feel like you've got it. Maybe it is your marriage or your even your broken marriage. These wind up becoming the false ladders that we use to carry ourselves up to what we think will reach the face of God. And the worst part about it is everyone around us tells us that this is what we need to prove ourselves. To prove our freedom. To prove I can be who I want to be. But it's not a very good ladder, is it? If I was to be adventurous enough and to stand on top of this, I wouldn't be that much taller. And it would only last for a second because one of these boxes is already giving out. It would collapse right underneath me. It would collapse because the weight of all of that I am cannot even withstand. All of you and all of what you are 
all those ladders that you have tried to build to reach up to the Lord or try to put yourself up higher than everybody else cannot hold your weight. And the scariest time is when we realize that. I've discovered that the fastest way for me to realize my own problems and my own issues is how I react to those who have their own as well. Because it shakes this falsehood. It gets to the bones of this inaccuracy. Seeing the way that somebody else cannot match up to this theological understanding, to this political know-how, to maintaining the relationships like they should be doing. Every time I see that, I see in myself how I cannot do it as well. How has this legalism taken form in your life? How have you set up the laws of your own intelligence the laws of way you think the world should be, the laws of the way you think you should behave within your marriage, the way your wife should behave or your husband? How has the legalism seeped into your life? And what reaction has that brought out in you? This might be one of the most dangerous of all of our idols because it can go into all parts of our lives. We've built these kinds of laws and these kinds of rules over everything. We've taken apart them and, and wanted each of those things to be our labels. Brad, the working pastor and perfectionist. Brad, the one who knows coffee, or the one whose co-worker knows coffee. Brad, the relationship expert. Brad, the fitness guru. Brad, on and on. I don't know why somebody laughed at the fitness guru part. <laughs> so where has this legalism shown up in your life? I can't say it all for each of you, but I can guess how it has appeared on the surface. And actually, a good example of this has happened just the other day in our world. Legalism is more than just looking at the surface acts that we do, but it is trying to maintain that the rules that you have set is the way that the world should be and operate by. The other day, someone walked into a mosque and killed 50 people because they operated with the idea that the world should only be ran by their race. And when they discovered it wasn't happening and they discovered it wasn't working, it ended with violence. When legalism comes into our homes, it ends with violence. When your wife is not behaving the way you think she should be to make this marriage work, it often ends with one of us yelling 
when we feel like somebody is not operating in the way we have deemed Lutheran, it ends with somebody yelling. When we feel that someone's political position is only ruining this world, it comes to us yelling. And we've seen recently, it comes to violence. You see, we think oftentimes that the best form of peace is the peace that comes through order and strict living and the ways that we set things to be. But every time that becomes the emphasis and focus in our lives, what is the end product? We have come into the time where not only can we write laws, but we can, we can pass them quickly. We can get them out through social media. We can change our laws just with the movements on Facebook and Instagram. And every time we do, hatred and violence doesn't seem to end. It seems to grow. And that is just a picture of what can happen in our homes and in our churches when legalism is our focus. One of my favorite Proverbs comes out of Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Maybe this is the place that we should return to because when we hear the word trust, we can take that word and understand that to be what we call faith. That placing our faith in the Lord is trusting Him with all that we are, all that we have, all that we are as each person. And putting our trust in Him leads us away from the legalism forms that would just be collapsing ladders under our feet. And we realize we don't need them because God has already come to us. That we do not need the ladder to reach up to the Lord. That we do not need these podium and these boxes that we have built under our feet. That the Lord has already come to us in Jesus. And He has not left us. Jesus Himself became the victim of legalism. He Himself was not legalistic. But the legalistic world could not handle his ways. He came preaching and teaching of another kingdom that was not built of these world's laws, but built of something else. Built of freedom and forgiveness. He came preaching of a kingdom that was coming, that was founded on the foundations of grace and love. And those who were obsessed with their podiums and their boxes made the statement, it is better for one man to die than all. And so legalism lived itself out in violence. Poured out on the person of God, coming in the form of Him hanging on the cross, 
once again. Violence. But his kingdom is not of this world. It cannot be constrained by legalism, but only breaks it down and goes past its barriers. That violence could not hold our Lord. It could not keep him in that grave. So he beat it. He beat it to free us from these constraints. To stop us from seeing ourselves only in the terms of these podiums, these titles, these laws, these acts that we think justify ourselves before others. And frees us to be His. To live in His life. To let Him die our death to legalism and to live in a freedom that puts all of this aside. A freedom that lets us know that no longer do I need to climb, but He is here now with us. He has come to us. He has freed us. So we are His. And no longer these things. No longer those things. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. The Lord has given us certain things to do that. To return back to Him. To find where the legalism is in our lives and push it out and to be people of His grace. He, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory He may grant you to be strengthened with the power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses all human understanding and knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. For this reason, Paul bowed his knees and for this reason, we bow our knees in prayer. Because as people that have the Lord with us, we no longer need to climb up, but we get down on our knees and pray. Because in prayer, we submit all that we are to the Lord. In prayer, we are actually taking steps of joy for all the things that Christ has won for us. In prayer, we beat out this legalism and we bring in the words of grace into our lives. In prayer, we let go of the weight of these things and we take on His light load. It's in that strength that comes through that that we can even in humbleness stand before our God and confess our sins. And in hearing our sins, 
we not only remember that we are ones that cannot climb the ladder, but we remember and hear that He has forgiven us by coming to be with us. He has given us a relationship with Him to confess and to be forgiven. I mean, it's Lent, right? Lent is a time of getting rid of things. We've been getting rid of a lot of boxes in our house. Maybe this is the time for you to search your own life. To see wherever that legalism may exist. What what boxes have you tried to build up recently? Instead of worrying about tearing them down, Just get on your knees. Using the strength of the Spirit, get on your knees and pray to the Lord. Thanksgiving. These boxes cannot only lift you up, they can't hold you back. They are not where our strength comes from. But it is in Christ alone that we have been given grace. Amen? Amen.